Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. And today we're talking about the difference between head knowledge that stays in your head and head knowledge that is acted upon. Let's start with the scripture from Matthew. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for that is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And that set of verses was Matthew 2, 1-6. to So let's orient ourselves. The setting is Jerusalem. The characters are the Magi from the East, Herod, and the scribes and priests. The event, finding the Christ child. Now the Magi were likely some alchemists, astrologers, astronomers, some kind of science men. MacArthur describes them this way, quote, because of their combined knowledge of science, agriculture, mathematics, history, and the occult, their religious and political influence continued to grow until they became the most prominent and powerful group of advisors in the Medo-Persian and subsequently Babylonian Empire. We learn from the book of Daniel that the Magi were among the highest ranking officials in Babylon. Because the Lord gave Daniel the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which none of the other court seers were able to do, Daniel was appointed as, quote, ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. That was Daniel 2.8, and that was a quote from MacArthur. The wise men were monotheistic. That is, they believed there was only one God. And because of the influence of Daniel in those long ago centuries, about 700 years prior, knowledge about Yahweh still existed in the wise men's canon. We know from the Bible that Daniel was sincere and learned and an active worshiper of Yahweh. So it's likely he taught the wise men of Babylon all about our God. That knowledge was retained, and it came down to the moment when the wise men of Jesus' day saw the star. Now let's read Matthew 2, 1-2 again. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. 
That is all we know about the Magi. But even with this scant information, we know that they knew there would be born a king of the Jews. Their journey from the east, likely Babylon, was a journey of about 800 to 900 miles. They traveled by caravan, as you know, I'm sure, as most people did in that day, and as most people also did, having armed guards to protect them was the custom of the day, which they probably had, especially since they were carrying expensive items, especially the gold. So this whole huge retinue made a difficult and dangerous months-long journey. The Magi had incomplete knowledge of the king of the Jews. Daniel was long gone, 700 years before, and any remaining Hebrews in Babylon had probably long since apostatized. What would spur influential nobles of a far-off land, like the Magi, to seek out the Christ child with such single-minded purpose? We don't know, but we can surmise that their knowledge was incomplete. They were not known as strong worshipers of Yahweh, but custom says they were Zoroastrians. More astonishingly, not only did the Magi make this effort to journey to Jerusalem, not only did they diligently seek the child and then trek the final miles to Bethlehem, they fell down and worshipped him. They didn't come simply to gather intel. They did not come simply to offer some gifts. They weren't rubber mat neckers or looky-loos. They came, their purpose was to worship him. So let's contrast the diligence and humility of these nobles, the Magi, pagans from a far-off land, to the priests and scribes, priests to the very Jews of whom Jesus had come to be king. So imagine the scene, a caravan of nobles along with their animals, their tents, their guards, a huge retinue arrives in Jerusalem. It would be as if the presidential motorcade with the cadre of motorcycles zooming at the front, police cars with sirens, all those black SUVs and all the trailing cars arrived at your door. It's a hubbub. So the Magi started asking around, where's the king of the Jews? They finally got to Herod. Now Herod was troubled. I would be too if such a large company arrived at my door. But Herod and the scribes and the priests evidence no amazement. Worse, when they're asked, where is the Christ child to be born? The Pharisees and scribes answered immediately. They knew the scripture from Micah 5, and they said, Bethlehem. Oh, yawn. It's not recorded that the scribes and uh, priests said, we shall look into this as well. They did not ask, why the Magi had arrived. We just get crickets. These Jerusalem men had full knowledge. They had revelation given to them by Yahweh himself in the Old Testament. They spend their days 
studying, talking, ministering, interpreting. But when the moment came, in the form of a noticeable retinue of seekers from the East, asking for the Messiah, they didn't even walk the five miles to Bethlehem to check it out. We think of others in the Bible who had incomplete knowledge, but they still expended a great deal of effort to find God. Think of the Ethiopian eunuch. He traveled all the way to Jerusalem for the purpose of worshiping God. He was in charge of all the treasure of Queen Candace, a high position, but he was humble enough to admit his incomplete knowledge. He was willing to be taught. Think of the Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings 10.1, which says, Now when the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon in relation to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with riddles. So she came to Jerusalem with a very large entourage, with camels carrying balsam oil and a very large quantity of gold and precious stones. The Bible says that she spoke with Solomon for a long time and that she was amazed. And this was her conclusion. Quote, blessed are your men and blessed are these servants of yours who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. But listen to this part of the verse. The queen of Sheba said, blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you to put you on the throne of Israel because the Lord loves Israel forever. He made you king to do justice and righteousness. That was 1 Kings 10, 8 to 9. So the queen of Sheba made a very big effort to come find out about this God and then attributed Solomon's success to God. No wonder Jesus pronounced woes upon the scribes and priests and Pharisees. They had the most knowledge, yet were the most apathetic. Just because a person has head knowledge doesn't mean much. The rough fishermen whom Jesus called to be his disciples did not have as much knowledge as the priests and Pharisees and scribes. And yet these fishermen followed him when called. Mary, though a young girl, was submissive, obedient, and humble. She knew she was a sinner in need of a savior. The difference is acting on the knowledge you do have. Mary said yes. The Ethiopian eunuch said, please teach me. Sheba traveled to find out more. The Magi sought the child so they could worship him. Put your head knowledge into action in service to the Lord. Don't rest in your head like the scribes and priests. The danger is their apathy soon turned to hostility. There are only two responses to Christ, ultimately, worship or rejection. Whatever knowledge you do have, whether you're a seasoned theologian or a new convert, act on it. Act by praying, seeking, questioning, learning, serving, and above all, involve the heart to worship. 
Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a worshipful day.